What up, everybody? Sultan of Strangles here, a.k.a. the Kimura King, a.k.a. the Ayatollah of Ankle Locks. This is episode one of my new podcast, which I don't know what I'm going to name yet, but by the end of the day, I will figure it out. You just got to take two steps, keep stepping and figure out what you do along the way. Um, I have had one of the most chaotic lives that you will ever hear about. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to have crazy stories. We're going to have crazy guests. So I want you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Woo! So for those of you who don't know me too well, let me introduce myself. Um, Many know me as the Sultan of Strangles. That's my fight name. But other than jujitsu, you'd never guess I'm actually a full-time tax accountant. The most exciting job on the planet, sitting on a desk all day in a cubicle doing taxes. I've been doing that for the past 10 years, you know, because I wasn't like a lot of these other jujitsu prodigies who had rich parents to take care of them. I actually had to get this weird thing that a lot of you on GoFundMe and a lot of you on the uh, sponsorship world don't really know. It's called a job. It's this crazy thing. Where you gotta work and do something you don't really like every single day for money. And that's what I do. I'm also fortunate enough to compete in jujitsu professionally. Uh, I've been doing jujitsu for a pretty long time. Uh, and before that, I wrestled growing up, did a lot of Muay Thai and you know, other sports. Um, I'm currently at Henzo Gracie Academy, which in my opinion is the best jujitsu school in the world. Many of you on Instagram asked me where I'm from. I'm not going to tell you because I want you to go scroll through my posts and figure it out yourselves. But pretty much raised in America, you'll figure out within five minutes what country I was born in. Let's just say it was a chaotic country that was in a state of war when I was born. And me and Mama Rack had to leave to come to the land of the free, America. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, metal, heavy metal. Going to be talking about a lot of heavy metal on this podcast, jujitsu, MMA, pretty much all the stuff that I'm into. And my pops, who is not in America, we're going to talk about him too. He was actually a former fighter, national champion for a country that I will not name yet. You still got to figure it out. And a wrestler. So the overlying theme I want this podcast to have is origins, okay? What gets you started? What makes you start? What type of people do you have around you? And are they motivating you? If I at any point during this podcast sound like Gary V or one of those other guys, please send me a message or mail me a vial of cyanide so that I could chew on it and die. Because that's not what I'm trying to be. Just trying to tell you a little bit about myself. I have always had huge aspirations, right? I've wanted to make a podcast. I want to sell t-shirts. I want to start my own gym. I want to start my own business. I want to be a world champion. And sadly, for the most of my life, I've had just naysayers. And when you listen to them enough, you start believing them, right? So I used to do demotivational videos. 
I would tell people to quit their job and get a nine to five. The videos were pretty funny. Most people liked them, but a lot of people are like, this could hurt your accounting career. This could hurt your professional career. And I'm not going to lie. I got demotivated to making demotivational videos and I stopped. Then about three years ago, I had the privilege of joining the best jujitsu school in the world. Henzo Gracie Academy. And I'm not sure what the name, what the quote is, but there's some quote out there that says, you know, you're the best of the five people you're around or some bullshit like that. You know, I always thought it was bullshit, but at the end of the day, it's pretty true. So I'm kind of a nobody, but when you're surrounded by world champions, by alphas, by people who just don't understand what failure even means, you slowly become that, you know? So like I'll pitch my ideas like my podcast, I'll pitch my ideas opening my own gym, t-shirts, and overwhelming response. Almost 100% of the people are like, whoa, yeah. Then I'm like, all right, I'll get started. And they'll be like, why aren't you starting? What's stopping you? Why are you being a bitch? Get your ass up and do what you said you're going to do. And then this year, 2020, which was a really shitty year for everyone, it was actually a pretty damn good year for me. I started my t-shirt business, which is doing pretty damn well. I opened my own gym, which is doing pretty damn well. And today I am starting my own podcast. And honestly, that is pretty much attributable to my teammates. When you're just surrounded by people who are positive, people who push you, and people who are champions themselves, whether or not you like it, you are going to also be a champion, not only in sports, but in life. So what I want to do with this podcast, I want to go to X amount of uh, viewers, have some sponsorships, promote myself, promote my t-shirts, promote my website, sultanofstrangles.com. Promote my gym, Immortals Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, if you guys can support in any way, I'd appreciate it. My Instagram is at sign K-O-O-L-R-A-K. Love you guys. So that's all I have to say for starting up. What I'm going to do with this podcast, instead of doing one long sitting, I'm going to take you know, pockets out of my day where I have like a thought and I'm going to record it and I'll publish it. Thank you so much for your support. Love you guys. And we're back. So first thing, let's let's talk about are the T-shirts. OK, so these were the thoughts that were running through my mind when I was um, designing them. So I thought of a logo. I figured it out. OK, I wanted to do like a sultan type character choking out two guys with each hand, lifting them up by their neck. Right. So these are the thoughts that went into my mind. And these are exactly the thoughts that were holding me back. Number one, how am I going to start? Two, should I make an LLC? Should I make a company? Three, who do I hire? Four, copyrights. How do I copyright it? Five, are people going to like it? Six, how am I going to distribute it? Uh, seven, uh, if I distribute it, what type of problems am I going to run to? Refunds, etc. So you get overwhelmed and you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just not going to do it. Or you can do this. Just say, hey, I'm going to start with step one 
and we'll see where this takes me, right? So I said, okay, step one, logo. I already have that in my mind. I messaged a bunch of just lazy bums on Instagram. Oh, my friend's an artist. Oh, my cousin's an artist. And I hit them up. Hey, I'm going to pay you this much for this job. Oh, totally love to do it. Can I see in two weeks? And I would wait like an idiot for like a week, two weeks. And they'd be like, ah, oh, don't know if I could do it. Just all around lazy people. Until someone told me about this website called Upwork.com. It's kind of like Fiverr. The way it works is you put in a bid. You say, hey, I need this, this, and this done. And this is what I'm willing to pay. And you do not release the funds until the project is done to your liking. This is kind of very biased towards the payer because you could really abuse these guys, which I don't like. But if I don't have the project done the exact way I want it done, you they do not release my money from escrow. Okay. So I put a hundred bucks and I said, you know, I want Sultan of Strangles logo. And um, this is exactly what I want. The guy said, okay, this guy was in India. So I guess a hundred dollars went a long way there. Uh, instead of making me one logo, he made me like 10 different logos, all of them similar to what I wanted. But then he gave me two logos that were nothing like what I asked for, right? It was just the Sultan rear naked choking another guy. And it was so cool. So what I did was I took the logos, I put them on my Instagram. I said, what do you like more? And the one that the people voted for the most was not even the original one. It was the one with the Sultan rear naked, um, rear naked choking a uh, victim, right? So I had him touch that up. First, it was black and white. I added color. I added the crown. I added the beard. You know, I, I added, you know, it, little bits of my own design. It took about a week or a week and a half of back and forth emails because, you know, there's a time difference between us and India, okay? So about a week of back, a week and a half of back and forth emails until I finally had the project done. Once I had the project done, I, I looked for a distributor. I could go China, Pakistan, which would be much cheaper, but then I wouldn't be able to physically see the product for a long time. And then God forbid, they send me a hundred shirts of what I didn't want. So I decided to eat the, bite the bullet and go with the higher cost of a local printer. So I went to a local printer and I showed them the design. They said, okay, we'll give you this deal on a hundred shirts because you have to buy in bulk. So I paid them in cash and within a week, my shirts were done and I couldn't have been happier. Um, it was exactly how I wanted. And as soon as my shirts were done, I had uh, seminars back to back to back seminars done um, scheduled in Maryland, which I'll always which I will also talk about on, you know, starting things. I put the t-shirts in my car and I made a promise to myself that I would sell out the t-shirts while I was down there. One of my friends, Damien, he straight up told me these were his exact words. He said, nobody's going to buy this shirt because it's a cool shirt. They're only going to buy it to support you. So only friends and family are going to buy it. Let me tell you that most of my buyers are either people who don't know me, never met me, or met me for the first time that day. So always believe in yourself. And as of now, it's been about two weeks since 
I got the shirts and I have 13 more to sell until I'm completely sold out. So there is the t-shirt selling starting advice. Um, next segment, I'm going to go into seminars, podcasts, websites, and businesses. Now seminars, you know, I've been to a couple seminars and I really, really, really enjoyed it. Now, if you are wondering what you should spend your money on, a lot of you choose DVD instructionals, which are great. A lot of you choose buying a hundred different types of geese, which is not great. But a seminar could really change your life. And I've had my life changed at many of these because not only not only did I learn a lot from the best in the world, I also made a lot of great connections. So um, I started teaching seminars, but you might be asking yourself, you know, you're a purple belt. Um, how the hell are you teaching seminars? So I asked myself, should I wait until I'm a black belt? You know, should I pay my dues? Is there a faster way to pay my dues? And there is. So, you know, obviously in the gi, I just can't compete at black belt because I have to earn my black belt, right? But in most no gi competitions, you can just sign up for the advanced division, right? And you could face black belts, brown belts, sometimes world champions go like Grappling Industries, Gordon Ryan just decided to compete once, right? So I told myself, this is how I'm going to make a name for myself. I started competing in the advanced divisions of tournaments everywhere. So I did Grappling Industries, Naga, New Breed. I flew out to Texas to do who's number one for flow grappling. I did third coast grappling, really trying to get my name out there. And during that time, I made a lot of connections, you know. People see you compete and they want to see and they want to possibly bring you to their school, right? So that actually started happening. And why is because I had something special to offer, okay? So I think if you want to teach seminars, you should build yourself a type of a niche, right? So for example, being well-rounded is great, but when someone pays for a seminar, they want to really, they want to focus on one specific thing. From what I notice, you know, the seminars that do the best are like back take, leg locks, this, that. So I decided to focus on leg locks because that's what I was winning the majority of my matches with, you know. So I've, you know, I'll be neck and neck with a lot of people, but I've gone against some guys who are very superior to me skill wise. But as far as leg locks, my school is the best in the world by far. So I was able to capitalize on that, winning a lot of matches by leg locks. You could see it on my Instagram. And I noticed a lot of schools either don't teach them or they're a little bit, um, I guess, backwards on it. You know, a lot of people are afraid of heel hooks. But if you can go, you know, whatever school in whatever area that doesn't really emphasize leg locks, you can make a huge difference. So, for example... I'll do seminars, you know, not in New Jersey, but I'll go outside of New Jersey and I will do leg lock seminars. And at first I thought, eh, you know, they're, they're going to be somewhat popular. But then I realized, holy shit, a lot of people actually want to learn this stuff. And I kind of really realized my worth. So I started doing more and more of them. And it was amazing. So I personally think you should all 
you should know what you're worth, right? Don't let other people tell you what you're worth. You should figure that out yourself. And once you figured it out, figured that out, you should capitalize on it. So I started booking seminars and out of put out of seminars come private lessons, out of private lessons come t-shirt sales. They all tie in together, right? So the first step to doing something is action. Don't think about so much about planning, what's going to happen, what if this, that, what if I fail? Just get up off your ass, you know, turn Netflix off, get up off your ass and start um, taking action to whatever your goal is. And I promise you that even if you fail, if you try again and again, you're going to succeed. So that's one area I wanted to talk about. So we've talked about t-shirts, seminars. Next step, we are going to talk about opening your own gym, which I also did and I'm extremely proud of. And I'm having the grand opening this week, Saturday, 6 p.m. Hope to see all of you there. Thank you so much. So it's always been a lifelong dream of mine to own my own gym, right? So in June of 2016, I got a 14 by 11 wrestling mat on craigslist for only a hundred dollars i didn't have too much money at the time right i think the guy was selling it for like five or six hundred or maybe even a thousand i don't remember but i pretty much told him my dreams of how i wanted to open a gym and um how i really needed mats and the guy really wanted to get rid of the mat so he said listen if you come tonight i'll give it to you for a hundred bucks so i'm like hell yes I left my house that day with my buddy Pete, who uh, drove me, and we brought the mat back to my place. So I started having training sessions in my garage. It was amazing. Uh, I started, you know, teaching people, and it was a good time. But then we had to move from that house into an apartment. So I had to give the mat to one of my friends. It's still at his house. But, you know, that was a sad ending to that. So then uh, December, I get my purple belt um, and, you know, finally I could actually look for teaching jobs because y'all know my day job, I'm an accountant, right? So I'm looking for teaching jobs and then COVID hits (laughs) Uh, and it sucked until July of 2020 when I found an open mat that was run by my buddy, Sean, who was an absolute savage. Um, it had about three to four people, sometimes five, but I was able to build that up. It was just an open mat, by the way, up to maybe, I think at our highest, it was 30 people. And during these open mat training sessions, which were very hardcore, competitive based people would ask me and Sean, Hey, can you teach me this? Can you teach me this? And I was told by a lot of people, Hey, you're a pretty damn good teacher. How come you don't, you know? run your own school. I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. But it gave me that confidence that I needed to realize that, hey, I could actually freaking do this. So I competed in the summer in Texas and random states. I was winning pretty big shows. And I got more notoriety. And people are like, hey, man, you should really open up your own place. And I started to get really serious about it because I see a lot of people actually want it. I'm like, damn, I'm a purple belt. Could I really do it? And people are like, hell yeah, you know, people are paying for your service, not your rank, right? So my um, confidence went higher. And I noticed that not only um, 
when you're a teacher, you're not just a teacher. You're a leader. You're a psychologist. You're a father figure. You're a coach. So a lot of these guys were younger guys and they would come in and they really didn't have a father figure or anyone to like guide them in the right direction in life. And a lot of them said to me that, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of like a role model to them. And I was shocked because I'm pretty crazy. But still, it was a real honor to be a role model for someone, especially someone who didn't have that in life. I started getting people to compete. Uh, one of my buddies had some substance abuse issues got him off of that. And at this point, I'm like, holy shit, I could actually make a real difference, you know. And I never had too much good coaching experience until about three years ago when I went to Henzo Gracie Academy. You know, my coaches in high school were a bunch of total idiots. Just not fun to be coached by them. They weren't really qualified. I didn't like it at all. They didn't really treat their athletes like athletes. They treat them like little kids. I'm like, I'd never do that. And um, I decided that I'm actually going to build people up. You know, I'm going to toughen you up, but I'm going to build you up. You know, let's say someone comes late to class. I'm not going to be like, you got to be on time. I'm like, hey, why are you late? And sometimes person says, hey, my mom overdosed on heroin last night. She's at the hospital. You know, sometimes a case by case situation is different. And for me, growing up with such a chaotic life, I know how to deal with these people, you know. I know how to deal with people who come from, you know, broken backgrounds, you know. I'm not just going to tell them, suck it up. You know, anyone who just says suck it up is like a tough guy, but from probably a white collar, upper middle class family. You don't just tell someone to suck it up because that could throw them over the edge sometime. Um, a lot of people just didn't have the guidance and I was happy to, to give that. A lot of people just didn't have discipline, would give up. You know, I see a lot of jujitsu schools. People will roll for like, what, five minutes? So like one round and they, get, they go sit on the wall and start mat napping. With me, I ask, even if you're going to go light, finish all the rounds. And people would come to me after class like, man, I really didn't know I had it in me to even do that. I'm like, hell yes, you do. So I really love building people up. And finally, I was able to find a spot. Um, you know, the quarantine was getting lifted more and more. Uh, so the place we were at, the owner of that school uh, was going to start teaching classes. So we weren't able to have open mat there anymore. So me and my partner, Sean, we found the place to where we could sublease X amount of money a month and teach classes there three days a week. And that's where we are now. And things are looking pretty damn good. Now, you may be asking yourself, how did you come to be able to afford to train, you know, full time? And how do you make your own hours and all that jazz? And it wasn't without a shit ton of hard, hard work. So I started when I was about 22 in the accounting field, um, working insane hours tax season, it was like 8am to like 8 or 10pm, absolute misery. But then one day I went into the billing system and I took a look at what my billing rate was. I was making $50,000 a year, right? As my starting salary. But then I looked at my billing rate and my billing rate was $250 an hour. 
if you take fifty thousand, if you take fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand a year, and you see what that is hourly for a forty-hour work week, comes out to be something like I don't know twenty-five an hour. If you really take that to the actual amount of hours I was working,、uh, as far as tax season and all that goes, it was literally less than minimum wage. So, what I told myself is like, hey. I'm gonna go get clients on the side for taxes. My billing rate is two hundred fifty dollars an hour for an accounting firm, so to get a shit ton of clients, I'm gonna just charge very cheap rates. So like, average amount、uh, for a tax return would be what three hundred bucks to do at H and R Block or whatever CPA firm. I was literally charging a hundred bucks, so I was getting a shit ton of clients that were paying me dirt cheap to do their tax work. Now. After I got all these clients, I started、um, charging more and more every year, and they were totally cool with that because I was doing a damn good job for them. I would put a lot of time in, so I'd literally come home from my crazy job and then do more accounting. It was absolute misery, but that finally got me to a point to where I had enough clients to where I could train jujitsu. Make my own hours and keep my head afloat, right? So I wasn't making that much money, but enough to survive. And then over the years, I would just get more and more clients through word of mouth, marketing, etc. So, if you're sitting at a desk right now listening to this from your cubicle, know that when you leave, when you leave your job, don't go home and be pounding down beers, watching Married with Children. I want you to start working even an hour a day on some type of side hustle, even if the side hustle is your main job, but for yourself. For example, if you work as a mechanic for a company, go home and start doing mechanic work for your own clients. And sooner or later, after a couple of years, you're gonna notice you're gonna be able to run your own business and be successful that way. So that's just some words of wisdom from me. To how I was able to make my own hours to actually train jujitsu the hours I want, and I hope it helps you all very very much. So in closing, you know I hope you guys enjoyed that episode.、Um, now, what I you know this episode was really informative. Now this is just me, but most other episodes, I think every single other episode other than this one, I'm gonna be having a guest, so it's gonna be a lot more shit talking, laughing, but you know. I just wanted this episode to be,、uh, um, you know, laying down the groundwork,、uh, so you know what you're gonna get going forward. Now, of course, I gotta plug my merch now.、Um, if you haven't yet, go and follow me on Instagram at at sign k o o l r a k, on Facebook at Mike Rakshan, M I K E, R A K S H A N. And if you haven't yet, go to SultanOfStrangles dot com to buy my merch.、I'm、about to finish that website tonight, and this podcast, which I'm still not finished with, I'm gonna figure out a name for it, and I'm gonna have this published by tomorrow morning. Because as I said before, you don't sit on your ass planning; you have to actually <laughs> make actions in life. If you guys have any questions, or If you if you have any guests that you want to see on the future, shoot me a direct message on Instagram, Facebook, or email, and I will address you because I address everybody.